Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel, as we say 100. I have Dr. Lou Bear here on the line with me. How are you? Hello there. I am just fine. Thank you. Awesome. So tell the listeners a little bit about you. Well, um, I guess 20 plus years I'm an entrepreneur. I um, I um, have been a leading civility expert for about 22 years. Um, civility experts, we have 500 affiliates in 47 countries and I travel and teach civility, which is respect and ethics um, predominantly for workplace for about, um, well, I guess 25 years, even before we started the business. Okay. So I was reading your bio. So tell the listeners what um, civility means to you. Sure. Thank you. Uh, Many people don't understand that civility is a measurable competency. So for me, it's about um, social competence. It's about building skills. There are four skills specifically, social intelligence, cultural competence, systems thinking, and continuous learning. And when you have those four skills, um, you can be competent in terms of your ability to exhibit civility. And many people, yeah, many people think that it's about etiquette or that it's about just being nice or kindness. Um, right. Yeah, and it's pretty hard to measure those things though. Right, right. So what does an expert's uh, civility does? What do you actually do? So I travel and teach um, workshops, you know, corporate training. We now, of course, uh, but I've published 16 books. Um, we have online courses, podcast, YouTube channel, I do quite a bit of consulting, you know, workplace civility initiatives, community initiatives, those kind of things. Okay. So you just travel around the world and just to help people out and just give them a different outlook, basically? Uh, Yes. Yeah. Uh, We hope that when people hear about the positive impacts of civility, that they change their attitude about it and, yeah, and embrace it and change their behavior as a result as well. Okay. Okay. So you have a book called the 30% solution. Is that right? That's right. Yes. Thank you. And so can you tell the listeners a little bit about that book? Sure. So uh, that book is based on some research that showed that organizations that incorporate civility into their policy and practices, especially their communication protocol, experience on average 30% increase in profit, but also measurable increase in retention, engagement, and the overall happiness at work. Right. So it's basically showing you how to be happy at a job that you're not happy with? Or... (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know how some people, like, seriously, doctor, you know how some people go to work and they're miserable. They don't want to be there, right? It's true. And, you know, sadly, there's other research that says that 80% of people are dissatisfied in their job. So they don't feel fulfilled. They don't like the people they work with. You know, they're not happy with their hours. It's not the career they intended. You know, if 80% of people are unhappy at work, you know, no wonder, like you said, people are just miserable. Right. So how do they change that, though? Because if they're going to a job that they do not like to go to, right, and they're not passionate for it because they say, 
everybody knows when you're passionate for something you could do you do way beyond what you're supposed to do right but when you just go into a job just making money and just go in there come back and miserable whatever how do they change that do they look for something that that fulfills them or do they just continue being miserable well part of it is about personal responsibility and accountability so you know if i wake up every morning and i'm miserable and i go to work and i'm unhappy and i'm making the people around me unhappy especially if i'm in a leadership role you know i really have some accountability to uh try to be a better person you know to try to influence you know from a civility point of view we say ease the experience of others and so if every individual even just said you know i can't change the situation around me but i can change how i respond to it or if i'm miserable 20 days in a row then i'm going to work harder to find a new job or just right. because the house is miserable i'm going to call that person on it i'm going to say you know what lou you, you know you don't realize it but you're very negative and so i'm not going to talk to you for a few days come find me when you're positive you know we we tend to accept other people's incivility and misery their lateness their sloppy dress their poor language that you know all of the kind of uncivil things we experience you know people won't look at you they keep their head on their phone you know those kind right. of things we accept it as normal and there's a point where you know we have to make a conscious choice to be more civil ourselves before you can expect it of other people And that's true. I believe that we do accept a lot of things that other people does and, and it affects other people. Because when you when you're around negativity, sometimes it affects you of being negative, you know? And that is true because you have to be around that positive energy to stay positive. You know, and hmm, that makes sense. That I'm just sitting here thinking like that makes a lot yeah, of sense. No. And it's it's I think because of the work you do and kind of the inspiration and motivational aspect of your podcast and your you know what you do you get it but a lot of people don't understand that there is it's called third party toxicity and there's a researcher named Carl Albright who just uh -huh. like just said you experience it and you you're paying attention you're present and so you recognize that you have an impact on other people where Carl Albright this this uh, doctor that I follow he suggests that. Many of us are so busy and tired and stressed and self-absorbed and caught up in our own little life that we don't even notice, you know, when somebody right. you know is offended by something we said. We if we noticed, we probably apologize, but we're oblivious or we're just so busy and tired that we don't pay attention to each other anymore and it's toxic and there's a point where we get physically and mentally ill from it. Right, and that's true. Yeah. So you also a 17-time published author, right? Yes, thank you. So how does it make you feel like 17? Like 17, that's a big number. That's a big number. Like 17-time published author. So how did that make you feel? Um well, it it makes me feel great because you know first of all i'm happy that people buy the books and they're interested but it also makes me feel a bit overwhelmed because it's just the tip of the iceberg you know i i probably have 50 books in me there's so much new research there's so many people impacted by incivility but also civility in a positive way you know on, on one end of the spectrum it's dining etiquette so you know we have books on etiquette and social skills for children and university students and then the opposite end it's civil dialogue and peace and reconciliation so you know working with diplomats and and people who negotiate you know at the at the world trade level and uh you know it's this enormous topic and so 
um, I, I have to take a break from the book writing for a while. It is, it's hard work, but it really is rewarding. And I'm grateful that people are interested in the topic. Yeah, most definitely. Um, you have accomplished so much in life. Like you have got awards, you books, uh, you speak on educational stuff and everything. Like what motivates you every morning to get up in the morning to do what you do? Because you have so many things going on. You have so many awards that you gotten. What motivates you every morning to just like, I got to get up and do this? Oh, well, thank you. You know, it's um, different things at different times of, of my life, I think. But, you know, the more I'm out in the world, the more I see, you know, I spent some time in Rwanda, for example. And, you know, when you see how other people experience the world and how unkind we are as human beings to each other, you know, that's a motivator every day. You know, you just need to turn on the news and, and most often there'll be something that is, you know, kind of tugs at your heart. But, you know, for me, I think in the beginning when I started the etiquette school, you know, I started in the beginning, just teaching um, social etiquette for children. Uh, mostly it was for my daughter, you know, I didn't want her to experience bullying and I didn't want her to have a, a rough job the first time she got a, you know, worked in the real world. I didn't want her to have negative experiences when she traveled. And I thought if I could make, you know, even some little difference and make the world better for her, um, you know, she was probably the biggest inspiration for me all these years. Oh man, that's amazing. That sounds, oh my, that's so, so sweet. I love it. I love it. So you have three books pending, right? I, so, yes. tell, so tell us a little bit about the books that you have pending right now. Um, so there, there's a book called Manufacturing Civility that just came out and that book is about um, that sector. So, um, you know, there's a few sectors, whether it's um, medical, you know, healthcare, uh, manufacturing, um, some some commercial, you know, law. You know, there's different different sectors where it's still a bit old fashioned in terms of how people treat each other, hierarchical environments, you know, workplace culture that is really really hard on people. And so that book addresses that sector specifically, trying to teach people how to be different. You know, it's kind of a command and control. Uh, environment historically where you just kept your mouth shut and even if people screamed and yelled at you you want to keep your job you just do what you're told don't ask questions right and right. you can't really deal with people that way and be successful in business anymore um, and then the next book is called um, lean on civility it's about civility as continuous improvement and it applies to you know again almost any sector as somebody who works in service industry or hospitality or hotel or aerospace, anywhere where continuous improvement um, is a, a factor. You know, that's problem solving for people who don't know what continuous improvement is, but um, we don't think the same way we used to. You know, we rely on Google to give us directions. We right. don't fact check anymore. We don't do our own math. We use a calculator. You know, this idea of advanced thinking skills uh, as continuous learning and continuous improvement, um, that really is about fact-finding and problem-solving, and that's a component of civility. Systems thinking is one of those four skills um, that makes civility a measurable competency. So that's the second book. And then the third one is called Civility at Work, and it's a continuation of the 30% solution that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 30% came out in 2012, and so that's already a few years ago, and there's so much new research, and we have new assessments and new tools, and you know, it's ongoing field research.
Doctor? Doctor? I think she... Work is kind of part two. Okay, okay. Uh, You went out for a second, so go ahead. Doctor? I think she went out for a second. Um... Oh, sorry. Sorry. So, yes. So Hello? Yes, I'm right here. I moved the, the phone and lost the signal. Are you there? Okay, sorry. I'll try to sit still. Um, yeah, continue. The listeners where did are I listening. Leave off? Do you want me to continue? Which, that's okay. <laughs> you know, things happen. <laughs> like, sorry. Yes, thank you. So 30% is a continue, or pardon me, Civility at Work, the third book, is a continuation of the 30% solution. Okay. It's new so, research. Yeah, it's an updated um, version so of that. So going book. back to one of the books you was talking about, um, Google, uh, that, that we, we lean on Google calculators and all that stuff. Um, I feel like we're being handicapped by that. Don't you think so? I do. And, and there's quite a bit of research to back that up now, too. You know, if if I don't have my phone with me, how, how do I use a map? If I, you know, how do I solve problems if I can't just ask Surrey or, you know, Google Wikipedia or whatever it is I'm, I'm doing? You know, this idea that we have to rely on each other and our intellect and our problem-solving ability, you know, it used to be that way. And, of course, technology is amazing. But, you know, there are times when right. I believe that because it can be I think, problematic Right, because if we well. went back in the old days, because we didn't, we didn't um, have, have cell phones. We had, like, beepers and all this stuff, right? And we had to write everything down with the, like, write, if we want to write somebody, we had to write a letter, basically. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And a, a really good example related to civility where technology is a problem is, you know, if I want to learn about other cultures, and certainly that's important in our global economy, if I Google, you know, something about people in Lebanon or in Singapore or Africa, I can't rely on that information, you know, that that technology, that, that resource. You can't take everything you read as fact, and sometimes it's outdated and not accurate. And from a civility point of view, where people are concerned, you actually have to engage with people. You have to ask questions. You have to listen. You have to be open-minded and non-judgmental. So civility is, you know, that part of being culturally competent. Technology right. is, is not true. always is a benefit. And then there. they seem like they're doing more technology stuff now to make it even more easier for people to, re- to rely on, you know, and... and and it's crazy. I never, that, technology is not my right. thing. Yeah. You know, I like doing it the old fashioned way, as they say. And, and it's just like, I'm just new to the technology mm-hmm. thing because you have to, now everything is like that. So I understand where you're coming from. So I know you do a lot of speaking to people and, and you know, giving out the information. So what does speaking to other people mean to you? Uh, Well, first of all, I'm always grateful and humbled that people listen, you know, that they would hire me to come in and do a presentation that there's enough interest that they want to hear about the topic. I think it's always a huge gift if people want to read your book or listen to you speak. 
And I'm, I'm grateful that, you know, some of it's due to politics and some uncomfortable situations, right. you know, um, Black Lives Matter and Me Too movement, and, you know, Donald Trump. And, you know, there's quite a bit of incivility in the world. And as much as those experiences are negative, it does get people talking. And so to have the opportunity I have as an expert who's been studying civility for 25 years, um, to have the opportunity to share the good news and to teach people how to navigate some of that incivility and make their world and the world of others better. I mean, I, I feel really grateful so I, to be able to do you're that. You're welcome. So, you know, like the, the pandemic is going on right it. now and, you know, everybody's going through the same situation. Well, some people are going through the same situation. Um, some people are grateful to know that they still have a job, still making money, still eating, still living in their homes and all this good stuff. But on the other hand, there's people that still try to survive. And so I, I know that we're gonna see a light soon, right? Hopefully 2021 things are gonna change. Um, so how do you feel about that? Well, I, I think the pandemic has really been an eye opener for many, many people, you know, a greater appreciation for, you know, the small business down the street, you know, a greater understanding of how, you know, maybe some of those old school ideas we need to save a little for a rainy day. The idea that we rely on each other and our neighbors, you know, that it's upsetting to me to hear right. people say, I'm not going to wear a mask, you know, that that. Um, you know, that they don't think about, you know, it's not about me so much as what if I can protect, right. you know, the next door neighbor's 92 year old mother, you know, if all I have to do is wear a mask, why wouldn't I do something that doesn't harm me just to protect another human being? Um, you know, there's, it's true. Sometimes you can't believe all the news and, you know, maybe things are exaggerated in some cases and whatever, but the idea, as you said, that some people lose their homes, that they, you know, lose their job and can't feed themselves, that some people are dying from, you know, the, the virus, you know, for us as human beings, just to look up from our computers and spend a little bit of time thinking about how we can help or how can we support you know who knows when right. the next situation arises and we're the person right and you're right about that right it's, people um, do need to yeah. wear the mask because at the end of the day you never know who's beside you that might be sick you, you can't tell that person is sick but they might be sick they might have diabetes they might have anything like blood pressure whatever it is they could be that person and you're standing beside them and you get them sick and then they they have a different effect than you do you know and so right and then I really mm -hmm. truly believe what you just said That's because right. you have to protect other people you're not only protecting yourself if you don't want to protect yourself that's fine that's on you but protect someone else you know mm -hmm. and yeah and I think another important thing about the whole pandemic is you know we were just talking you and I earlier about thinking and the idea that people would question the news or you know that that they don't follow the rules blindly you know that's how we get ourselves into trouble in terms of you know world war and genocide and things like that when we follow along without asking questions and it's okay to question authority it's okay to you know double check the facts and to be thinking participants you know as we make our way through the world 
but then to come to some reasonable conclusion and to always consider in that thinking how our behavior impacts wow. other people that's really yeah, what civility it sounds is about. really really good i have to read that that book for real like seriously I'm excited about this because, you know, I, I really believe like we have to, if something has to change, like honestly, and, and it feels like we're going mm-hmm. in one direction, you know, everybody is, th- is like, listen to what they see, but don't research anything, you know, and I feel like people should start researching, looking for themselves and finding different things because everything, like you said, everything on the news is not always true, you know. That, that's right. And you know how people spend so much time on social media. And of course, right now with the pandemic, it's great to have access to, you know, our friends and their posts and podcasts and all of that. But imagine if we spent even 20% of the time we spend right. on social media asking intelligent questions, you know, and, and, and sharing solid sources and resources and not passing things on unless we were positive they were facts. You know, just a little bit more thinking and that's true. in our daily and, and also as well as a lot of people doesn't like positive messages though, as you know, right, Doc? They don't like they don't they don't like positive messages. Mm-hmm. They would rather see that's things right. that is negativity before positivity. And I don't I never understand why. If you're throwing out a positive message mm-hmm. trying to uplift that person, they they don't even acknowledge that. They acknowledge the negativity. You know, I think the world is more about sex, drugs, and money to me. And and I'm sitting here like, okay, <laughs> what yeah. about the positive things that other people are doing or what you're you know, they're trying to inspire people. They don't everybody don't want to talk about sex, drugs, and money. That's right. That's right. And isn't it interesting now you'll see in the next few days as we get into, you know, New Year's and 2021, so much of that, you know, people kind of focused on what went wrong and, you know, what they need to change and and moving forward for the new year. But there is quite a bit of focus, I think, on negativity and to have these positive thoughts, but just do it because you're supposed to do it. It's New Year's affirmations and goal setting and positive movement forward. To me, every day should be New Year's Eve, right? Like, shouldn't we be, you know, um, apologizing and making amends and learning from our mistakes and uh, moving forward and you're every, right about that you know, because, every day it shouldn't just be once a yeah, year because I think that every day should be a joyful day everything should be positive to me I'm a positive like you said I'm a positive person I like inspiring people I like people laughing a lot because I like to laugh you know what I'm saying so, so I like I love having a good time with people mm-hmm. and talk about positive yeah. things the negativity brings you down it wears you down makes you feel like you got a whole like a whole bunch of rocks on your back you know and it's just like, you know, I just wish the world see it differently, but everybody doesn't see it the same way, you know? No, no. Um, and I think it's amazing the work you do too. I think it takes courage as, as you do to ask questions and come out of your comfort zone and put your voice out there. You know, it's, it's amazing. That's one of the things with technology the advantages right but i think what you do oh wow i didn't know that okay now i could say that okay (laughs) i'm excited now because you know i do this because i love 
like I said, I love inspiring people, but it's a lot of times people come to me and ask me for their advice, right? Want me to give their advice or how they feeling because a lot of people come to me like I'm the counselor or something or whatever you want to call it. But I try to help people a lot, you know, and one day I'm going to be just like you, Doc. Okay? Doctor, I'm going to be just like you. I'm going to be just like you. I don't know. <laughs> thank you for being up here but can you give everybody your social media so they can follow you or if they have any more information about what you got going on that they can contact you in any kind of way sure thank you so the website is civilityexperts.com if they're looking for online courses and we have lots of great new courses for children that are free even at civilityexpertsonline.com I'm Lou Bayer, B-A-Y-E-R, first name Lou, L-E-W. And if they Google me, they can find social media, Amazon, all the books are listed under my last name, Bayer. And um, I think I have loubayer.com Oh, you're welcome. As well, and don't forget to, so to add me on Instagram. Asking. I know you're not on Instagram as much because I see, I was like, she's not even up here. But I did add you on Instagram because I do a lot of uh, networking on Instagram more than I do Facebook. But I did add you. Um, as a friend okay. so if you can you know of course and she is ready to give it all out to you Thank you. you. It's been my pleasure. I I wish you all the best for 2021.